of Thanksgiving in Canada goes back to the explorer Martin Frobisher, who'd been trying to find a northern passage to the Pacific Ocean. Frobisher's Thanksgiving was not for harvest, as most harvest Thanksgivings are. I don't know if you know this, but most of the Native Americans, both in the United States and Canada, used to celebrate some kind of harvest festival long before those pilgrims came to Plymouth Rock in 1620 at Massachusetts, which, by the way, this last summer, Robin and I were there and had a chance to take a picture of what they call Plymouth Rock. It's not really the Plymouth Rock, but there is a rock there, and it does say 1620 on it, and we had a chance to take a picture of that. It was kind of cool. Anyway, he had safely returned from a search for the Northwest Passage, avoiding the later fate of Henry Hudson and Sir John Franklin. In the year 1578, that's a long time before 1620, he held a formal ceremony in what is now the province of Newfoundland and Labrador to give thanks for surviving the long journey. The feast was one of the first Thanksgiving celebrations by Europeans in North America. Frobisher was later knighted and had an inlet of the Atlantic Ocean in northern Canada named after him, Frobisher Bay, right? At the same time, settlers crossed the ocean... How are we doing, Bruce? Okay. At the same time, French settlers having crossed the ocean and arrived in Canada with explorer Champlain in 1604 onwards also held huge feasts of thanks. They even formed the Order of Good Cheer and gladly shared their food with their First Nations neighbors. After the Seven Years' War ended in 1763, handing over of New France to the British, the citizens of Halifax held a special day of thanksgiving. Thanksgiving days were observed beginning in 1799, but did not occur every year, etc., etc., etc. Starting in 1879, Thanksgiving Day was observed every year, but the date was proclaimed annually and changed year to year. Did you know that? Every year they used to change it? The date? The theme of the Thanksgiving holiday also changed each year to reflect an important event to be thankful for. In its early years, it was for an abundant harvest and occasionally for a special anniversary. After World War I, both Armistice Day and Thanksgiving were celebrated on the Monday of the week in which November 11th occurred. Ten years later, in 1931, the two days became separate holidays, and that eventually, on January 31st, 1957, the Canadian, Canadian Parliament proclaimed a day of general thanksgiving to Almighty God for the bountiful harvest with which Canada has been blessed will be observed on the second Monday in October, so it wasn't until 1957 that we started celebrating Canada or Thanksgiving uh, on the second Monday in October. Now, how many of you knew that? Raise your hand. Some of you knew that. John, you you didn't know that. John, you're an American. You don't even know when the American Thanksgiving is. Well, I I didn't know any of that. Like if you would have said to me. When did Thanksgiving start? I would have probably thought, because I'm an arrogant American, I would have thought, well, it started with the Americans in 1620, and the Canadians thought they'd get one too. And so they they adopted one as well. Well, I was wrong. It goes back to, what did I say, 1578. And Frobisher, when he did some Thanksgiving. But of course... It goes back a lot farther than that, doesn't it? Because all Thanksgiving really is, is human beings recognizing that they're not responsible for everything that goes on here. It's 
It's human beings recognizing that there is indeed something out there. Something of a supernatural characteristic that we need to praise and give thanks to. And so this morning, if you are a person who doesn't normally give thanks, maybe because you just don't know who to give thanks to, I want to tell you that there is a wonderful God who has created our world, our universe. There is a wonderful God who loves you. There is a wonderful God who actually sent his son to die in your stead. So whatever things you've done in your life that you're not proud of, whatever things that you've done in your life that you think, boy, if I could just go back and get rid of that thing, if I could just go back and do that one over, if I could have another, another chance to get rid of that thing, let me tell you there is a God who has done just exactly that for us. He has given us an opportunity not to go back and do it over, but instead to have the effects of that thing completely washed away. And so if there are things that you're not proud of, if there are things that you've done that you know are wrong, if there are things that you think to yourself, boy, would I like to be forgiven of that one, I want to let you know that there is a God who is, he is in the business of forgiving sins. That's exactly what he does. He has said to humankind, I love you so much that if it takes the death of my son, I will. Okay, Bruce, I'm going back. Sorry. It's as distracting for me as it is for you. Probably more so. Because I'm all self-conscious about it, and you're not. Okay. So God has blessed us richly. God has blessed us richly and he has given us an opportunity to be forgiven and to start new and to have all the the sense of purity and goodness, all the, the right things in life that we would like to be true of ourselves. Those can, in fact, be true of you. Like if you've, if you've ever thought to yourself, if I didn't have so many things in my past weighing me down, if I could get rid of those, if I could redo it, then I could really start from the beginning and do it again the right way. I would have a chance to begin anew, and from there on, man, I would do things differently. I mean, how many of us haven't said, if I could do it over again, I would do it differently? We all say that. And here we have exactly that in the person of Jesus who who dies on the cross for the sole purpose of taking your sins upon himself. God created a system. He created a world in which there are some bad things that we do. He allows us to do those and gives us the freedom to make some bad choices. He doesn't want us to do them, but we do. And here's an opportunity today for you to understand that he loves you so much in the person of Christ that you can start absolutely new. Now, if that's the case, if God gives you this chance to start absolutely new and fresh, then you really do have a choice to make. I can remember like it was yesterday what it felt like the first time 
that I heard the gospel. It was amazing. I can remember what it was like to understand that the things that I had done in the past really could be forgiven by God. That he wanted, in fact, to forgive them of me. That he wanted, because of the death of his son, to completely forgive me and allow me to have a new start in him. Oh man, I remember how, how wonderful it felt to receive that kind of forgiveness. And I needed it. When I look at my life and where I was going and where I probably would have gone had I not come to Jesus, oh, I so badly needed forgiveness. And God offered it to me in Jesus. And I had a chance to come to him, confess my sins before him, to be baptized into him, to have all of my sins completely washed away. And I remember what it was like. I remember that moment when I knew that I was starting out absolutely fresh. I knew I was starting out brand new. I'd been completely purified. I was white as snow. There wasn't anything in my life that I now had to be ashamed of. Because Jesus had completely set me free. And because of that, I began to give him thanks. I began to give him praise. I began to say to God, thank you for what you've given me in Jesus. Let me read these words from Psalms 30. I will exalt you. O Lord, for you lifted me out of the depths and did not let my enemies gloat over me. O Lord, my God, I called to you for help and you healed me. O Lord, you brought me up from the grave. It's like I was dead and you spared me from going down into the pit. Sing to the Lord, you saints of his Praise his holy name, for his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may remain for a night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. And the point is is that God's wrath extended to human beings who deserve to be punished because of their sins lasts only for a moment because Jesus will eventually come and forgive humankind of all of their sins. And what God wants more than anything is to forgive us of what it is that we've done wrong. When I felt secure, I said, I will never be shaken. Oh, Lord, when you favored me, you made my mountain stand firm. But when you hid your face, I was dismayed. Where would we be without God? To you, O Lord, I called. To the Lord, I cried for mercy. What gain is there in my destruction, in my going down into the pit? Oh, God, please don't destroy me. Will the dust praise you? Will it proclaim your faithfulness? Hear, O Lord, and be merciful to me. O Lord, be my help. You turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy, that my heart may sing to you and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give you thanks forever. That is a great psalm. This is a passage of scripture that depicts the human condition so perfectly. Where would we be without God? We would be in the depths. We'd be in the depths of sin. 
the things that would destroy us, that would make death our end. They they would totally dominate us. Would they not dominate you? Like, is there anybody here who thinks to him or herself, oh, I could just do this on my own. I would just, I I can be good. I can do this. You search your heart. And you know, just like I know, that I cannot do it myself. I I look into my heart on a daily basis and ask myself, how am I living for Christ today? I have a responsibility to do that. And most of the time, what I find is, there are things I need to work on. There is progress that needs to be made. Is that not the case with you too? Like, like, don't you sometimes just look at yourself and go, oh, I am in such trouble here. I'm just not making the progress that I want to make at all. I'm just not the person that God wants me to be. And the message comes back in Scripture and the message comes back in the Gospel. The message comes back from the Holy Spirit that that doesn't have to defeat us. That doesn't have to hold us down. That there is the opportunity for rebirth and renewal. That there's change possible. That we can be the person that God wants us to be. Not by our own strength ever, but only by God's strength working within us. And the God that was just described in Psalm 30 as this wonderful God who changes lives and who lifts us out of the pit. He is your God. He is the God of the heavens and of creation. And so today, that God deserves your thanks. Now, you have a choice. You can choose to thank him only with words today. Like you can participate in the prayers, you can participate in the Lord's Supper, you can sing the songs, and the thanksgiving in which you participate, it could just be words. But what I pray today is that the thanksgiving you express to God for what he's done for us in Jesus comes from the depths of your heart. I pray you look inside and think about the thankfulness that can be devoted to God today by you for what he's done in Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we want our lives, our words, our hearts to express thanks and praise to you today. And Father, I pray that our worship today would not just be something we've done, we come and punch our spiritual clocks. but that instead, deep inside, there'll be a movement in our spirits and that we'll be drawn to worship and praise in a profound way as we think about who you are and what you've done in Christ. And Father, for those today who need the new start,
for those who, who need to understand they can start brand new and make something of their lives that they never have before. Help them especially to turn their hearts to you in thanksgiving and to devote themselves to you in praise. Father, I praise you and thank you for Jesus who makes all of this possible. And it's through him that we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing, please.